Good morning, church. I want to welcome you for our Sunday service sermon um, on a very cold Sunday morning. I'm recording next to my wife, who says a very big hello to all of you. I want to believe that you've been keeping well, that all of us are safe, healthy, and that um, you've kept your faith up and your hope on the one and only who will never disappoint, and that is the Almighty God. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. We call ourselves ready. We call ourselves willing. And we declare ourselves to be thirsty of your word. Enrich us. Enlarge us. That we may be able to grow, become better, for good and for God in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, church, in our Thursday Bible study this week, I was asked a question on how to maintain a healthy mental status in the context of our present reality of isolation. Some call it lockdown. Present reality of uncertainty, financial distress, etc., that has been occasioned by the COVID 19 pandemic. I truly believe that this um, is such an important question, especially now that um, this new normal has disrupted people's lives in such a fundamental way. Obviously, that means that emotionally, psychologically, it is bound to have or take a toll on a number of people. Um, I want to proceed from where we left on Thursday under the banner of our scripture text found in Isaiah 33 verse 6 that wisdom and knowledge, the Bible says, shall be the stability of your time. And especially this time. Wisdom and knowledge are the stabilizing forces. So allow me to extend and expand the answer I gave by highlighting another key aspect in managing mental healthiness, I cannot, and I repeat, cannot emphasize enough that you cannot enjoy life beyond the quality of your thoughts. Hence the need to keep our wits about us. A gentleman by the name of Victor Frankel wrote a book titled Man's Search for Meaning, one of the classics on the area of finding meaning in life. And I want to pick a quote from this book, and it goes like this. I quote, Everything can be taken from a man, but one thing 
the last of human freedoms, and that is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. I think that is what a second take. Everything can be taken from a man apart from one thing. And that one thing is the last of all human freedoms. To choose. The ability to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstance. To choose one's own way. It reminds me of a quote which I'm fond of giving that says that nothing happens to you unless it first happens in you. But moving on quickly, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 talks about the word of God being a book of law or rules. This book of the law, this book of rules, not of stories, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. I think it is important that we take note of that, that the word of God is actually a rule book. And so the, the, the point that I want to start with on how we can be able to manage, especially at this very difficult time, when our lives have been majorly disrupted in ways that most of us never envisioned a month or two ago, is a point I call evaluate your rules. Evaluate your rules. Church, I want you to spend a couple of hours in the course of this week that you're headed to and in a very conscious, very pointed way, do some introspection and evaluate your rules. I want to quote a gentleman by the name of Henry David Thoreau. I believe I've quoted his name correctly or pronounced it correctly. Henry, Henry David Thoreau says, any fool can make a rule and any fool will mind it. Any fool can make a rule, any fool, and any fool will mind it. I want to, I want to put it to you, church, that our personal rules are the ultimate judge and jury when it comes to how healthy our minds or our emotions will ever get. Let me rephrase that. That our personal rules are the ultimate judge and jury as pertains to mental healthiness. Anytime you ever feel angry, for example, or you feel upset, or you feel disappointed, you feel frustrated, and the list goes on, it is your rules that are upsetting you and not the behavior of others. And I know that sounds a little like if I've gone off the rails, but it's exactly the way it is. 
I repeat, anytime you ever feel angry, anytime you are disappointed or you're frustrated, you're upset, at the loss of every emotional upset that you will ever have or you've ever had, it is not the behavior of others that is costed. Rather, it is a rules upset. Somebody failed to do something or somebody did something that violated one of your rules or your beliefs about how or what you expected that they should do. So in other words, if you can evaluate your rules, you will be well on your way in being able to manage mental or emotional upset. Whether or not you feel you're achieving your values is totally dependent on your rules. Um, there is a statement that goes, there is always somebody who believes you're a major success. You might be very disappointed with where you are today, church, but truth be told, there's somebody who would give anything just to be where you are today. In other words, it's all an issue of the perspectives and the rules which we have created for ourselves that often end up causing this major emotional upset. So I put in my notes here that don't tie your joy to something you cannot control. And this is very, very important, church. We're in a time where things are happening that are completely beyond our control. Some of these things are international. They are completely beyond our scope. And it is important to remind ourselves that if you're going to remain afloat emotionally at a time like this, we must not charge, and I repeat, you cannot tie your joy or your peace for that matter to something that you cannot control. I'll even go on step further and say, in so many ways, you cannot control people, even people that are close to you. For some of us who are married, even our own spouses. And so sometimes when we expect people to do or to perform or to act in certain ways, we are really posturing or setting ourselves for disappointments and when I say disappointments, I don't say that people will not do what you expect. But what I'm saying is that they might not do what you expect because at the end of the day, every person does what works for them. Sadly, for most of us, our self-esteem is tied to our ability to feel we are in control. And this is this is this is a tragedy that most of us we've 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 tied our self-esteem to our ability to feel that we are in control of the events in our environment. And as long as we structure our lives in a way where happiness is dependent upon something we cannot control, church, then we will experience pain. Then we will experience pain. As long as we structure our lives in a way 
<clears throat> excuse me, where happiness, our joy, our peace is dependent upon something we cannot control, we will experience pain. The truth is, nothing has to happen for you to feel good or happy. That's the truth. That your happiness and my happiness, your joy, my joy, is a responsibility that solely rests on me. For that reason, I want to say this. Make it easy. Make it very easy to feel good. And make it very hard to feel bad. And you do that by setting rules that are realistic. Most of us have created so many numerous ways to feel bad and a few ways to feel good. You could be winning, for example, and feel like you're losing because the score sheet is very unfair. The score sheet is so unfair. Life is a variable event, church. So our rules must be organized in a way that allow us to adapt, number one. Two, our rules must be organized in a way that allow us to grow. And number three, our rules must be organized in a way that make it easy for us to enjoy. And I think that point is on the second take. That life is a variable event. There are so many aspects and varieties. It's a bag of mixed fortunes. So our rules must be organized in a way that allow us to adapt, grow, and enjoy. The other point I want to put across to all of us, especially now that we have the challenge of keeping our wits around us with all the interferences brought about by the pandemic called coronavirus, is that we all need to cut ourselves some slack. And that's an American slang to say, give yourself a break. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. The, the, the fact of the matter is that you are only human. You are only human. And that you're susceptible to occasional failures. You are limited Ladies and gentlemen, you are limited in resources. You don't have it all. You don't have all the time. You, you cannot shrink space. You can only operate within a given space. You can't be everywhere at all times. You can't meet everybody's expectations. We operate in time. We, we don't operate in eternity. You might miss some targets that you put for yourself. Cut yourself some slack. Most of us have so many balls in the air. You're a parent. You're a wife. You're a husband. You're in business. You're employed. You're an employer. You have friends. You're a church member. You have mother. You have father. You have All these things have expectations. All these people have expectations. And in this context, it is normal for sometimes to feel frustrated, to feel like you're not achieving your desired objectives and goals. And truth be told, as, as long as you have all those many balls in the air, you are bound to drop some. Even the best jugglers, once and again, 
they drop some balls. And you can start cutting yourself some slack by forgiving yourself. I'd like to put it across to all of us, church, that we have to stop punishing ourselves for our shortcomings. We have to look ourselves in the mirror this week for some of us, probably for the first time in our lives, and tell ourselves, I forgive you. There is an excellent book that has an amazing title, which is a whole message in all, in by its, all by itself. And the title goes, All You Can Do Is All You Can Do. And I believe it further goes down and says, And all you can do is enough. I think it is worth a second mention. The church, all you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough. We should make that a mantra. All you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough. God is not asking for perfection, church. God is asking for your best. I repeat, God is not asking for perfection. He's asking for your best. A man that I hold in absolute high regard in the Bible, David, I find him to be the most pragmatic, the most realistic person and also very, very, very positive and optimistic or optimistic. He, he, he dropped a couple of balls, especially when it comes to his own family. But that didn't stop God from saying that I have found David a man after my own heart. At the end of the day, everybody who reads about David, studies the story of David, can say the man did his best. And I think it is important as we take the week that is before us that we have realistic expectations about ourselves. And if and when we falter, we fail, and fail here means we are unable to achieve the objectives that we have set for ourselves, that we'll be able to go back and say, I forgive myself. I love this quote and I have used it for a couple of years now, that if you have lost anything, God is the reason you didn't lose everything. Therefore, dance around what is left. Think about it. All these Corona Manenos have People have lost. I mean, I cannot begin to tell you. People have lost businesses. People have lost financial stability. People have lost in so many ways. There are birthdays happening without people congregating to... People have lost. People have lost. People have lost. There are people in hospitals you can't be able to see. There are people probably up country you can't be able to see. We, we, we've lost that social structure that was nice, neat, and close, that we loved and enjoyed. But the truth of the matter is this. If we have lost anything, and truth is we have lost a lot, God is the reason we have not lost everything. So let's look at what is left, and let's dance around it. In every personal crisis, I put in my notes in finishing, in every personal crisis, in every personal failure, Always remember that it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Embrace the art of selective recollections. Embrace the art of positive selectivity. Choose 
those things that you are going to think about. And I, I call them positive selectivity. They have to be positive. They have to be positive. I finished by giving a scripture from Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, matter of fact, I think it would be best if I can start from verse 6, if I may. Hopefully I can be able to quote it correctly. It says, be careful for nothing. In other words, do not fear and do not fret. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That's our duty. Let your requests be known to God. And then it says in verse 7, And the peace of God that passeth all understanding, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Church, I want to wish you a tremendous, beautiful, amazing week. I want us to all mind, take stock of the thoughts that you allow to harbor in your mind. Um, you cannot stop a thought from crossing your mind in the same way you cannot stop birds from flying over your head. But you can stop those thoughts from taking refuge. You can stop those thoughts from taking a form and a shape. You can refuse to entertain it. You can refuse to use the term loosely. You can refuse to serve it coffee. You can refuse to give it the attention. If at all it is a thought that it is disempowering you, keep asking yourself, can I control this thing? No, I can't. If you can't control it, let it not. Don't lose sleep about it. Let your request be known to God, church. I finish. In prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And whatever is true, is noble, is right, is pure, is lovely, and unbearable. If, the, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Enjoy your week, church. God bless you. Well, I think it's almost sounding now like a stack record. My wife and I keep missing you. We love you. Have an excellent week. God bless you all.